Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Hey everybody, welcome to episode 164 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me as he always is, is Cal. Cal, we are wrapping up our latest stay in the city, question mark, of Dakota. And uh, we've got a pretty fun episode that not only ties into uh, past DCAU episodes, which we've reviewed, but also features maybe uh, maybe the biggest, at least the most powerful guest star in Static Shock history here today. That is right, Liam. Uh, we have stayed, as you said, the entire month here with Static. Uh, we covered a lot of season one episodes thus far uh, and, uh, you know, revisited some of Static's main rogues. But uh, interestingly enough, in this one, uh, the main baddie is, in fact, from Superman's world. That's right. The world of Metropolis crashing uh, right here in the area city state uh, country of Dakota. Not, not really sure, but that's right. Uh, we are covering, in case you haven't figured it out, we are covering the Static Shock season three episode, Toys in the Hood. That's right. Come talking that trash and they'll pull your cars. Uh, <laughs> that's right it's a great great easy e reference here in the in the title but is i think i buried the lead here not only does the toy man make an appearance and not only is this a direct sequel uh to a superman the animated series episode but also uh it features the man of steel himself that's right both clark kent and superman happen to appear in this week's episode as well. So uh, as does Toy Man and Darcy from the last episode, last we left them, uh, Superman the Animated Series episode, Obsession, which you, of course, can uh, revisit in the archives at dcaureview.com or on your favorite podcast app. That's right. And uh, we will we will get into the episode and all of our thoughts on the plots, visuals, music and uh, voice acting in just a moment. But we just want to say uh, by uh, as it turns out, it is exactly one year, almost to the day since we reviewed Obsession, we reviewed <laughs> Obsession on the final Saturday in June of 2020. And here we are on the final Saturday in June of 2021. And we are reviewing it's direct sequel here in the in the world of Static Shock, and uh, if you think we did that on purpose, you're right. We totally did. <laughs> not an accident. We totally we have that much forethought and foresight mm-hmm. to plan things out just so that it lines up exactly. Right, Liam? We definitely didn't think, hey, what episode do you want to review next week? I guess this one, like, like 10 minutes before, uh, you know, before we, <laughs> before we started recording. That never happens. We always never. plan these things out years in advance. We have, we have it through episode 1000 planned out. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> but on a more serious note here, as we will get into uh, the plot here in just a moment. But before we do, Cal, I must, of course, grace the listeners with the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode. That is right. Uh, still looking for a sponsor for this episode since I am or for these uh, for the IMDb uh, synopsis portion of the program. If you'd like to s- sponsor this segment, uh, reach out to us. We're not into really hawking uh, any of the normal stuff. We're not looking at selling uh, pills uh, for erectile dysfunction or uh, or shaving your private parts. But hey, you know, uh, I guess we could be dissuaded 
to 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 hawk something else. But anyway, yes, Liam, this episode originally debuted back on the kids WB back all the way on, according to the DCAU wiki, at least back on May the 3rd, 2003, meaning we just passed the 18 year anniversary of this episode debuting. That's right. So this is for the episode Toys in the Hood, which was written by John Ridley, John Semper, and Ernie Altbacker, uh, directed by Unknown, because there isn't one credited. Uh, music by Richard Wolf, and animation by Dong Wu. And that synopsis reads as such. Toy Man and Darcy Moore are in cahoots together. They hatch an elaborate plan to produce a new body for Darcy with Daisy as the mold. Can static stop Darcy from doing more harm to Daisy? Oh, a little cliffhanger with a question mark there. Can yeah. she? That's that's a tune in and find out. I, I, I kind of dig that. Um, uh, okay. All right. Well, first, I guess, Liam, before we get into our plot synopsis here, as we break it down, uh, I, I will say first and foremost, if you happen to have not watched this episode in a while, or you are looking to maybe refresh it, uh, watch it along uh, after you've listened to this episode, or maybe you're going to pause it and go watch it on the HBO Max app, uh, there's going to be a bit of uh, trouble that you run into because uh, this episode is not on the HBO Max app, Liam. Yeah, that was uh, something we found when we were uh, going to try to review this episode. There is a shortage of legal ways to watch this episode currently, uh, if unless you have the physical DVDs that they released quite a few years ago at this point. Uh, Static has not had a Blu-ray release, so that's not an option. Uh, yeah, it's pretty hard to, uh, to find a, a way to watch this at all, much less a legal one. So I uh, would love to uh, understand why this episode was on uh, in with the regular Static episodes when it was on the DC Universe streaming app before that transitioned to just being comic books. Um, so I'm not sure if like if I thought if it would be like a rights thing or something, some weird rule that could have disqualified this episode for some reason. And again, I don't know what that would be because this was all produced by, you know, DC and Warner animation and all that. So I don't know what they would have lost the rights to or what the issue would be. But for whatever reason, this one has not made it on to the uh, to the static shock section of HBO Max along with all the other uh, HD remastered episodes. Is it available so, to buy on YouTube by chance? I don't I don't, I don't think so. I think only the first season of Static is available to buy on YouTube. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe iTunes or something have, has it or something, but it was very hard to find uh, find this episode which I did uh, I don't think we realized that when we first uh, decided we were going to do it, but a year ago. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like uh, yeah, because it was on it was on the app. It's one of those. Uh, there's actually two episodes from Static that are not featured on the HBO Max streaming service for some reason. So, uh, still kind of left uh, scratching our heads with that one. Uh, we did reach out for uh, for comment from HBO Max. I uh, I tweeted them a very sassy tweet, and uh, we did not hear back from them. So at least in time for this recording. So uh, still still unsure as to why uh, that episode is not available on the HBO Max. But regardless, we were able to track down a copy by very legal means, Liam. Absolutely. And uh, we will break down the the synopsis here. I guess it's time to jump into that. But uh, we kind of open up things. For, in this episode and we learn that static and uh well virgil and richie and uh and and daisy and the rest of statics high school uh are on a field trip through the forests of dakota i guess <laughs> we really don't know a lot it's funny how these dcau cities oftentimes just include whatever ecological systems that are required for whatever storyline we talked about the gotham desert on the outskirts of gotham city <laughs> uh you know there's there's just giant bodies of water and islands around metropolis so here apparently mm -hmm. there's like a big bustling city and then you drive a short way and there's forestry just outside of dakota uh so we uh we we get a field trip there and a a teacher 
Uh, this Miss Moore, who uh, Static and Richie are, are teasing Daisy about being her pet, uh, seems to have a fondness for Daisy, at least here. Uh, no foreshadowing there whatsoever for the plot. But uh, <laughs> she appears to have gained favor with this Miss Moore. And uh, as as they're kind of traversing the forest in the school bus, they happen to look out the window and see a giant monkey the symbol monkey the famous like toy child's toy from like the 1930s of the giant monkey clanging symbols uh jumping alongside their school bus who can tell me what flora and fauna are daisy flora are plants and fauna are animals very good and can you tell me what kinds of animals we might find in dakota there are members of the cervidae family like deer and members of the rodentia family such as squirrels and raccoons Excellent, Daisy. I can tell you what kind of animal is on this bus. Can you say teacher's pet? Yo, Richie, are there any giant monkeys in this part of Dakota? major fauna to me what it looks like is some extracurricular activity for static and game yeah that's uh, that's a pretty uh, dramatic way to open the episode but static and gear are able to uh, spring into action to try to uh, to stop the monkey and in the process gear is actually injured which sort of puts him on the sidelines for the rest of the episode but uh, just as it looks like uh, static's about to bite the dust so to speak about to be crushed by the the, the giant monkey's symbols uh wouldn't you know it here comes we hear a voice from the sky we look up into the sky and superman is here and, it's, a bird, uh, it's not yeah. a bird or a plane it's it's superman <laughs> yeah we thought we had it on the first two guesses but it was actually yeah it was superman <laughs> as it turns out and uh he's able to help static defeat the monkey and uh they're sort of all, all left sort of stroking their chins wondering what exactly was going on and why uh, why a, a giant robot monkey would attack and and that sort of transitions us back to uh, their high school where Virgil and Richie are discussing what was going on and once you know it a, a certain mild-mannered reporter shows up to uh, to get to get the scoop on uh, Superman's visit to Dakota he got props from Superman can you believe that and nobody around to hear it True, true. Maybe next time. Be real. Superman's an all-star. He doesn't have time to hang out in Dakota. Trust me, that's the last we'll see of him for a long while. Virgil! Richie! I want you to meet Mr. Clark Kent. He's a reporter for the Daily Planet. Hey, I know you. My pops read your articles all the time. Yesterday, Superman shows up, and now you. Is this like Metropolis Week in Dakota? No. Actually, Superman is the reason I'm here. Mr. Kent's writing an article about Superman's fight with that giant monkey. Well, I guess Superman did help out Static. A little. That's Static. S-T-A. So you two saw the fight? Yeah, we saw. Really? Where were you when it happened? Where, what, we, uh, 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 uh. See, well, now, okay, that, you that's say, a good question. Were we and during, you know, that's see, uh, probably why you're a good reporter, because you ask it, questions it. that are like that. Good. Can I quote you two on that? Mr. Kent, if you want to talk to someone who really knows the deal, ask Miss Moore. She was there too. Miss Moore! Miss Moore! That's weird. That's right. One Clark Kent shows up and he starts asking questions. Uh, it's funny because uh, Virgil and Richie are discussing whether or not uh, Superman has moved his city of operations to Dakota. And then Clark Kent shows up and uh, they start to question if everybody's visiting from Metropolis that day. Apparently, uh, they the, Virgil mentions offhandedly that his dad reads Clark's articles all the time. So there's an explanation as to how he knows who Clark Kent is, I guess. Uh, but uh, they they uh, Clark starts asking some questions about the giant monkey, not leading on that he's interested in finding out why uh, perhaps the toy man has made an appearance here in Dakota. And Richie and and uh, and I, and Daisy uh, sort of point to this mysterious Miss Moore as somebody who is also a witness 
to what was happening. And, and wouldn't you know it, uh, Clark never forgets a face, I guess, or a, a robot face uh, and, <laughs> and uh, immediately recognizes her and follows her into a classroom where she is repairing her robot face. And it is in fact, Darcy, uh, the Darcy doll uh, working on her face uh, that uh, we last left at the end of the obsession episode. She was taking a train out of Metropolis. So uh, she didn't go too far, I guess. She went to Dakota to become a mild mannered teacher. So uh, she Clark begins questioning her and trying to figure out why uh, Toy Man may be continuing to seek her out, and uh, she plays aloof. Uh, but uh, we are quickly, quickly discover that this uh, this Darcy has a little bit more than uh, than meets the eye to her, at least in in this story. Yeah, and as as uh, as Clark and Darcy are talking, uh, some more giant toys. Uh, appear this time a uh, selection of like nesting doll rubber clowns <laughs> show up um, a bunch of them uh, show up too and uh, this time not only they're not just uh, wreaking havoc they go directly after Daisy Virgil's friend and so Static and Superman once again team up to uh, to fight off these clowns and uh, in the process, they are able to defeat them. There's some, some pretty fun moments we'll talk about in visuals, certainly, and maybe in voice acting as well with uh, with uh, seeing Superman and Static interact here. But then uh, in the melee, however, one of the clowns is able to escape with Daisy. And that's when we sort of begin to unravel the, uh, the mystery of what exactly is going on here. As you mentioned, Cal, uh, Superman and, and Virgil go and, and sort of check out uh, this uh, Darcy's house and find a lot of uh, a lot of mysterious parts and, and things as well as a serial number, which leads them to a warehouse. And, but before they get there, we actually we actually get to find out what's going on before the heroes do, which is that Daisy has actually been kidnapped because Darcy is actually working with the toy man. Uh, with the ad, with the idea being that Darcy wants to sort of assume someone's life, and because there's no record of her ever existing, she's going to take over an existing person's life, and so she has decided that person will be Daisy, and it turns out her interest was not in a sort of mentor or teacher's pet style uh, uh, looking to uh, to help Daisy, but was in fact studying her so that she could better uh, replace her. Miss Daisy is finally awake and ready to play. Uh, who? What are you? I'm Toy Man. I'm so happy to meet you. Uh, let me go! I'm sorry. I can't do that. Miss Moore, tell him to let me go! Sorry, Daisy. He's brought you here at my request. What? You're a part of this? Not just part. Darcy here is at the very heart of everything that's about to happen. Darcy? Yes, Darcy. My most perfect robot toy. But she doesn't want to be a doll anymore. She wants to be human. She wants to be you. Let the game begin. Some nice pseudo science where the toy man is going to uh, build her a nanotech body. Of course, it's the Deus Ex Machina of of all science fiction and comic books. It's, I think, I think we, uh, we once said it's like the modern day gamma rays, or you know, yeah, it's it's the how do you explain things away? Oh, it's it's nanites. It's nanites. Oh, okay, that's the catch all. Basically, magic. Uh, right. <laughs> but yes, uh, Darcy is uh, transformed into a perfect clone of Daisy, right down to the, these nanites that uh, make up her body can even recreate her DNA, as we find out as Superman and Static do finally arrive. And after some uh, some tussling with some uh, some toys some toy soldiers of, uh, of Toy Man's. Yeah. kryptonite kryptonite green army men at that That's right and part plastic as well so static can't uh just <laughs> electrify them toy man he thought of everything devilishly clever man that's right. toy man but yeah that's that's a fun little sequence and and then yes as as we finally get down to sort of the fun part which is the 
which which evil twin is the real is the real daisy part superman isn't really able to help because right down to their skeletal structures their internal organs their dna they are exact copies but thankfully we have speaking of like magic fake science <laughs> uh, static has a solution yeah and it's, so we have mentioned several times i think in our reviews of static that from time to time they just seem to uh, use this plot device that his powers are kind of nondescript so they just do whatever the plot calls for you know if they need him to create uh if they need electricity to make some bread explode like we saw earlier this this month okay that's fine if he needs to short circuit uh all and create a uh an emp sure it can do that too uh if it needs to you know if it needs to uh, it, it, whatever the plot needs to, to to do his powers can do so in this case uh static reveals that his uh every person has an aura around them a uh, a visual aura that can only be seen when electrified and uh every living being has one so by using his powers to electrify the air everybody's aura begins to shine around them everybody has different colors uh, and the only uh, person that doesn't have one would be a non-living being, that being Darcy or the Daisy clone. Wait a minute, lights! That's it! What's it? Every human has an electrical aura that surrounds them, and I can make it visible. A slingshot and a ping pong ball? What's that gonna do? That ping pong ball? Packs enough energy to take out the entire block. Trust me, I created it. You know, you need a new hobby. But that is how they determine that she is not the real Daisy. Um, at that point, uh, Toy Man has escaped. Uh, he was kind of subdued for a moment, placed under some plastic box or something. And uh, <laughs> he, he comes out from under it. And, and Darcy is sort of fully expecting him to sort of uh, save the day at this point. And instead, uh, something really gruesome and grotesque happens instead. Yes, he does establish that he has an antidote for uh, for uh, as, her, as uh, Darcy's body begins to break down, but he uh, refuses to give it to her, and so she melts. Uh, <laughs> pretty uh, pretty gruesome, and uh, and they they certainly followed the logic that we've talked about that uh, the creators of uh, the various shows always talked about, which is when you have something that isn't a real person, you do like the most grotesque, violent things you can think of to it because it's stuff you'll never get to do with an actual human being. So, right. They, gets that, they get that past the, the, uh, the standards and practices. That's right. So yes, uh, the, the Daisy clone uh, melts away and that's sort of uh, the ending there. Superman arrests Toy Man and then Static and Daisy fly off back to Dakota. But yeah, so there's fun to be had here. And like I said, we'll talk probably more about that when we get into uh, visuals and, and voice acting a little bit later. But this this episode, I feel like kind of, it's interesting. It's interesting that they, rather than say the, you know, the big leagues where they introduce Batman and Robin and the Joker or really any of the other uh, DCAU crossover episodes, uh, other than using villains from those series, it was pretty much a standalone adventure featuring those characters in Static. Whereas this one, it was a very interesting choice to make this a direct sequel to a Superman episode. And not even like, I think a Superman episode that a lot of people would have thought of like, oh, that's a loose end that needs some tying up. Sure. Like they do end, that episode does end on a little bit of a cliffhanger, as you mentioned Darcy sort of uh, escapes and and uh, onto a train and we don't really know what happens to her. There is something of a loose end there, but wouldn't necessarily be the one that came to mind. But I really feel like the last act there where uh, Static, everything down from Superman not being able to tell them apart to Static having a magic electrical aura trick to solve the problem was all just like, okay, this is this is 
a little silly, even for a, a children's cartoon featuring giant robot monkeys. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's interesting because I think, you know, when we watched the episode, we discovered that especially in the big leagues and, you know, you look at an, when you have a, a character, a guest star come into an episode, um, especially this this show static it's a show about a teenager that is a superhero so when you bring in other adult superheroes that have quite the large powerful reputation it's going to be hard not to overshadow static with this character and that's not what you want to do by bringing on a guest star you don't want the guest star to have to clean up static's mess like that shouldn't be (laughs) that shouldn't be what the what the story or at least the culmination of the story maybe the superhero comes in the guest star comes in to assist him but at the end end of the day it's static's show he has to be the main hero and it's but it's also hard when you have you know, an adult Batman and in Superman, the man of steel, the man of tomorrow is, is your guest star. Well, how can a teenager who has powers of electricity be the hero in, in the end of the day? So they kind of had to, I feel like dumb down is it, it maybe dumb down is not the right, right word, but sort of make it, how do you make a, a problem unsolvable for Superman, but solvable for static? That's a that's yeah. kind of a weird th- weird balance of things to do, and I I think it would have may may have been a little bit easier to swallow if instead of you get to the point where Superman can't tell the two daisies apart, right? He does the X ray vision. Well, okay, well now Superman can't outstrength them into telling them who the who's the real Daisy is. He can't use his X ray vision. Heat vision doesn't do anything for him. His powers mean nothing at this point. Okay, so. St- Static's powers don't have to be the thing that solved this, though, because he has a personal relationship with Daisy. So what mm-hmm. if he was able to, uh, you know, do something to ask her about an, a, a shared experience that they'd had? Because this isn't Daisy's first interaction with Static. So maybe there's a, you know, there's a there's a way that she can recall a memory that maybe um, that, that maybe Darcy wouldn't have been able to, or, you know, there was an injury that, that occurred or something in, in one of their interactions that ended in a res- broken bone, something that only static would know about her that D- Darcy wouldn't be able to, to sort of emulate. So I feel like if they had done that, it would have been a little bit less silly. It just feels very silly with this whole <laughs> thing that was never, it's never been established before. It's never used again. And it, and it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And it just makes it the ending feel very silly. And it's like, well, we couldn't have Superman be the person that solved the issue. We had to make static solve it, but we had to create this goofy issue in order to have him be able to be the hero in the end. (laughs) Yeah, that definitely feels like there was another way. And I I think they do put in some dialogue about how Toy Man's recreating her memories or something too. I, again, don't, don't know how, like, uh, (laughs) um, but apparently he was he was doing that. Uh, so I guess that's your that's your technical out for that. But that's not that's just. But they chose to do that, though, right? Right. That's, that's right. That. The, if, the, if your defense of an it is, well, I wrote it a different way. That's not really a great defense of uh, why the story didn't go a certain way. So, look, for all these reasons, like I said, I think there's fun to be had, but it isn't uh, it isn't perfect good not great i would say and so i ended up on a six out of ten for plot yeah uh i went just a tick higher i ended up giving a seven out of ten i think you're right there's a lot of fun to be had here i love that they went back to sort of even though the story doesn't exactly give the answer to some of the questions that we had at the end of obsession like you know what what was in the suitcase that darcy was carrying was that toy man's body why did she save him Okay, this sort of implies that she may have brought him to Dakota to help her, but why all of a sudden at the end were they in cahoots again? Like, you know, when she she sort of was trying to break away from him at the end of Obsession. Um, you know, there's not there's not really an explanation there. So it's it's great that they brought back these characters. I love that they didn't just use one of Static's villains. In that way, it does feel like this belongs in the world of the DCAU um, because it's continuing those direct threads. These are characters that you wouldn't know unless you would watch Superman the Animated Series. That's great. Um, 
well, you wouldn't, you might know Toy Man, but you know that you wouldn't mm-hmm. know this, this Darcy character unless you did that. The plot is definitely a little bit silly. It gets very silly when, you know, Darcy's going to be an exact clone. And then it's, you know, it's like we already talked about the whole how static solves it thing. It does get very dark when Toy Man uses the self-destruct on her and then dangles <laughs> the the antidote over her head and then throws it into the, the boiling acid. That that gets very dark and that seems like especially for static we didn't get a lot of that sort of dark undertone hate to run but i'm not about to what's happening to me i may be a fool for love darling but i'm no dope i programmed a fail safe mechanism in case you betrayed me again even now the nanites are liquefying your body And I'm the only one with the antidote. Help me, my love, please. Sorry, Darcy, but you just don't play fair. Um, It sort of adds a little bit to that that character of 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 Toy Man being being creepy and heartless. Uh, so I, I did appreciate that, but yeah, I think this could have been a lot better, especially with, you know, some of the, the plot devices we've seen in the previous episodes, uh, featuring Batman and Batman and Robin. Um, but you know, it's still fun to be had in this episode and it's great to see, uh, Superman and static on the same screen together. For sure. And, uh, that will bring us over to the visuals and animation section of our show, as, as I said at the top there, there is no credited director for this episode. But uh, that being said, as far as visuals and fun stuff goes, uh, again, anything with Toy Man is generally going to be a layup as far as some really fun stuff. And this episode is no exception. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, as we mentioned, clanging symbol monkey is one of the first things that you see. We also, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time this month reviewing very early static episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. This season has, has the benefit of having the investment and the different animation style that feels much more, even though it's not one-to-one DCAU, it feels much more at home and more uh, like there's a higher budget involved and, you know, it's, there's much more care and time that's put into the actual animation. So that feels, it is a stark contrast from the episodes that we covered prior to this and this month, especially, mm-hmm. but uh, it it does feel a little bit more. I, I don't know. It feels feels less low budget. It feels a little bit more cared for. There's there's more expression. There's more character uh, for these for these people that are. It feels less less kind of web cartoon and more certainly more like a a cartoon that that WB cared about. Um, we will say one of the interesting visuals though. So we get we get Superman in this this uh, and he certainly I think looks very more akin as far his as far as his color palette is concerned uh with to the the superman the animated series uh he's a little stocky i think a little bit more muscular less uh bruce tim designs tend to be more squared off and and straight lines this Mm -hmm. one has more definition certainly in his muscles and his arms and his legs uh but there is one stark like almost off-putting choice that they made that makes this feel almost like an alien creature outside of the DCAU. <laughs> yeah. So there's, yeah, there's two things that I, I think you're right. It's, it's some sort of uh, an amalgamation for the most part between the, the Superman uh, character design and uh, character design uh, in the sense that the, like he has the darker trunks. Uh, it's like the very dark red with just like the, the lighter red is the highlight color, uh, like the original animated series did, as opposed to sort of the lighter reds in the uh, in Justice League. But uh, the biggest one is, uh, as you were alluding to, Cal, is that he has, uh, we can see the whites of his eyes. He has like, we see the whites and he has like blue eyes which if you're familiar with DCAU Superman, uh, he doesn't have uh, whites in his eyes uh, other than maybe an occasional close-up or something. We never see the whites of his eyes and his eyes are sort of these these sort of small black dots usually. Um, So it was very, very distracting. And again, that's 
and in a bubble, there's nothing wrong with that choice. Um, but it, it, because you're this is supposed to be the Superman we know, we'll get to it in voice acting. He sounds like the Superman we know or a Superman we know. Uh, but those eyes, man, they really uh, they really pull focus in, in all the scenes he's in. Yeah, it's very distracting, uh, especially, you know, I think, you know, maybe one or two odd super close ups in Superman, the animated series, you would occasionally see the whites of his eyes. But that was something that they kept in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited also was that he just he had colorless pupils like it, it was it was or the the and his irises were just dark black um and the, that was not the choice that this artist went with so it feels it feels a little bit alien at times like like pun intended it it feels like like is this a robot superman is this really <laughs> really superman and that with and we'll talk about it in a few minutes when we get into the voice acting but uh george newburn is the is the the superman that's paired with this so it's it feels a little almost like, you know, is this is this DC animated direct video Superman making a cameo here in 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 this uh, in this universe? No, it's it's definitely the same Superman, but it just feels at times uh, like this Superman is is I don't know. It just it was an odd choice and it feels uncomfortable, I would say, is the word I would say. <laughs> at times. It just makes my skin crawl a little bit. He's not supposed to have the white eyes. It's not how that goes. But uh, our artist choice, I suppose. Uh, other visuals, Liam, that I thought were interesting certainly uh the as virgil called it the insane clown posse uh that's the the nesting doll clowns and they have this sort of accordion slash springy like arms and legs uh jumping around really great visuals very very fun as you said uh with toy man comes uh, lots of fun of creating giant uh, objects there's a giant oven that features a a chef with a clown nose on it and that's how he's creating this uh this clone of daisy for darcy to inhabit uh, i thought that was that was pretty fun and we already mentioned the uh the green kryptonite slash plastic army men uh, that come in to play at the end that's I, that's another layup that i'm surprised they didn't include it before uh you know green army men that's a classic like unlicensed public domain toy that should just you know should have just be a regular part of his regiment there but I, I do it's a little goofy that he says oh well i mix kryptonite in with the plastic so that it superman <laughs> is helpless and they're plastic so static is helpless <laughs> supervillains like this or do you just attract the really weird ones i'll handle this you go after superman my soldiers aren't green for nothing superman they have kryptonite mixed with their plastic your power has no effect either you see they have plastic mixed in with their kryptonite and as you know plastic is not affected by electricity kind of works out nicely all around doesn't it It's interesting that they made him smart enough to think of both of those things should he come into interaction but kryptonite isn't one of those things that we know of that's readily available like it was you know the super friends it was there's just kryptonite everywhere um you know the, the dcau seemed to make it make it that kryptonite was a little bit more difficult to get your hands on so the fact that toy man was able to get enough to create giant soldiers out of it leads one to believe that eh, it's a little hard to believe at times but <laughs> Uh, still a fun visual, I suppose. But uh, yeah, and I, I think Toy Man and Darcy, uh, they're worth talking about too. We have their character designs, uh, very similar at least to the character designs from, from Superman, the animated series. Subtle changes here or there, especially with, uh, with Toy Man, but you can tell this is the same character. Yeah, uh, Toy Man doesn't have quite the big uh, bulbous head that he had in the... Uh in the Superman, the animated series look, or even uh, when he comes back in, in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited later on. But uh, yeah, definitely the, that same eerie, terrifying smile. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely, you could definitely tell it's it's the same character and the same thing with, with Darcy. And even the when she removes her face, as you mentioned, uh, while she's talking to Clark Kent, uh, it even that design is pretty spot on for what that looked like in uh, in the Superman episode. So they 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 did some good attention to detail with 
with that stuff. But yeah, probably the the ending there, uh, despite the Deus Ex Machina ending notwithstanding, uh, I I do think there's some some fun stuff in that in that last section with uh, with with Virgil. Uh, sort of blasting his way out of the army men, and and then with the uh, with the sort of horrific melting of of Daisy uh, or as Darcy as Daisy at the end. Um, I think there's there's a there's a lot of uh, tremendous uh, and fun visuals throughout the episode, and and as we mentioned, it's just cool to see Superman and Static like all of these team up episodes, even when they don't hit a home run in the plot uh, department. I think are just fun because. There's just that inherently cool thing about seeing your heroes cross over, especially, I think, in this case with Static, because uh, other than one appearance in JLU, we don't get a lot of Static, or we don't get any other Static, except for his own seeing all of these big-time uh, superheroes coming in and uh, and hanging with Static is always pretty cool. So for, for all those reasons, I, I really enjoyed the visuals in this episode, and I gave it a 9 out of 10 for uh, for animation. That's great. Yeah, I also gave it a nine out of 10 as well and uh, didn't mention it, but the the final scene, I think you mentioned it in passing, the final scene of the episode is uh, Superman bidding Static adieu and flying off and uh, Static has Daisy with him uh, and, and they're flying back to Dakota and she's sort of wrapped around him as they're flying flying through the sky. You get a nice pan through this, the night sky and uh, see Static there and sort of the trail of electricity behind him as they're flying away. And Static has this great line where he talks about, you know, loving being able to, to meet and, and hang out with your heroes. And, and Daisy sort of looks at, looks at him very lovingly and, and says, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And it's, it's just a really touching, touching, uh, you know, little interaction between the two of them and Daisy really kind of, you know, gushing over static as static is sort of gushing over Superman. But the <laughs> visuals of that I thought were great because you get the, the great panoramic across the sky and static's hair flowing in the wind, hashtag jacket movement, hashtag hair movement, <laughs> you get some great, great uh, animation there. But uh, yeah, very strong visuals, uh, hard not to, to look at this episode and, and think that they hit it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely agree. There's a, there's a lot of fun stuff and always cool to see. And I think that's that sort of is almost the uh, the concept of a lot of these teams is sort of static feeling underprepared or unworthy and and the uh, you know the the more established heroes kind of uh, you know through their adventure like he kind of earns their respect. So that's that's very much on on display here. So that's always fun to see. Uh, moving on to music, uh, as we mentioned, we are in the one of the later seasons of Static, near the end of the third season here, and uh, that means that there is some lyrics in the music again. Thank heavens! No oh boy. But, but uh, despite all that, and we've we've certainly discussed that, and and we you can we can certainly touch on it more here. But the big thing of this episode that I think hurts the music, because again, generally I like the music in the later seasons of Static Shock. But they use this Superman theme and they don't use the Shirley Walker Superman theme, nor do they use the John Williams uh, uh, classic Superman theme or even the, you know, like the 1940s, like Fleischer Superman, Superman uh, short. Anybody wants to help out a young, gifted and about to be squashed hero, now would be the time. I'll take that offer. Some help getting this monkey off your back, Static. Superman. They sort of use this weird, like it. It feels like the type of music you would put on a YouTube video because you didn't want to get copyright strike, but uh, struck by using the actual music. <laughs> we wouldn't know anything about that. No, um, but, but yes, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's unfortunate because, and and I don't know, maybe. Maybe this is a, just a theory here. Maybe WB didn't like license the rights to this knockoff Superman theme. And that's why it can't, they can't put it on the HBO max. That would be uh, amazing. That, the HBO max, because it, it really makes no sense. Now going back to, I think it's the, was it the big leagues or, or hard as nails? One of those episodes that we talked about, maybe both. So the Batman crossovers that we've covered, 
they didn't use the Shirley Walker Batman theme for that, but they did use the Danny Elfman Batman theme for that, if I recall, for at least one of those episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's like a dancey version that I think plays at least a little bit in both of them. So it's not as if, so for whatever reason, there is a precedent set for this and we don't, we obviously we don't know the ins and outs of it. I would love one day to pick the brains of some of the people that were involved with, with this and some of the decisions that went into you know, why the animation shift so, so drastically from, from season to, uh, you know, the first couple seasons or, you know, uh, why so many of the songs decided to have lyrics in them and, and who was the knockoff run DMC that they employed to, to do the, Hey, 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 Hey soundtrack <laughs> for so many early episodes. But, uh, yeah, it's very odd. And, and the Superman theme, ugh, it's not good. It just, like you said, it sounds like a fake superhero. It's like superhero track number two uh, that you that you would pull off of a you know a, a rights free or a license free website, and it's it's very low budget. It just kind of sounds like a like a synthesizer. It, there's not a lot of effort that went into it. And I think if you had if it had been low budget synthesizer Shirley Walker, we would give it a pass. But because it's low budget synthesizer and it's just this similar refrain that plays over and over again um mm-hmm. and it just he each time that he makes an appearance it's it's not it's not good and it detracts and distracts and on top of it you know additionally you know i'm not a fan of the the soundtrack that has distracting lyrics playing <laughs> Uh, so much of the opening scene is just so loud. I felt like a super old person watching it, but it's, it's loud anyway. Uh, it was a lot of noise happening, a lot of destruction happening with this monkey. And then on top of it, there's music playing and there's lyrics on top of it. And there's superheroes that are screaming out in pain and agony. And it's, it's just a very loud, distracting bit. So, uh, music unfortunately for this episode and maybe the bar is maybe set a little higher i think for us because you have these established characters that have themes that are so iconic we talk about music all the time on 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 this and how important it is and how it can make or break sometimes certain episodes and well, I don't think it completely broke this episode because obviously we gave it a, I, and I gave it and you gave it a high score uh, for plot and or higher score for plot and, and a very high score for animation. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's distracting at times and, and it leaves sort of a disappointing taste in my mouth. So uh, I went with a, uh, a lower end score of four out of 10 for music for this week. Yeah, and I'm a, a couple points higher. I went six out of ten for for my musical score. I like I said, I I don't have as as much of a, an issue with the regular static music, and I think the music when uh, Dave is waking up in the in the warehouse, there's kind of this creepy funhouse circus music that's playing when you when you see Toy Man for the first time. That I think really adds some good atmosphere there. So there's some highlights but i think without a doubt uh the the superman theme uh if you can even call it that as you said because it's mostly just this sort of generic refrain and it plays over and over again throughout the episode um that really does bring it down so that's that's kind of a disappointment and it feels like maybe a missed opportunity there so uh yeah definitely uh definitely not uh music definitely not as high as it could have been but uh, that will move us on to our final category here, Cal, which is voice acting. Uh, not a huge cast to talk about this week. We have our, our static regulars. We have a little bit of Jason Marsden as uh, Richie slash gear. As we mentioned, he, uh, he's injured in the, in the first fight and kind of put out of commission for most of the episode. But uh, we do get a little bit of him there. We have uh, Bud Court returning as Toy Man. And uh, yeah, just as just as uh, creepy and weird as ever. He sure is. Uh, he's he's really good. And it's interesting because we were we were watching this episode and it, it occurred to me for the very first time. Have a fan theory here that uh, we know Bud Court did a lot of a lot of great voice work, uh, has done a lot of great vo- voice work. And his toy man is is really iconic. But if if you kind of put all the pieces together, creepy, creepy smile uh obsessive over sort of like childlike behaviors and toys and stuff like that and then 
something just screamed out at me this week and we were watching this episode is Bud Court doing his Michael Jackson impersonation for his toy man is what I asked you while we were watching this. And I think both of us had the realization that that might be the case. Yeah, there's definitely something there, whether or not it's meant to be sort of a straight impression or just uh, there's just like an element of that to that. But it's definitely something that I had never thought about. But the more you hear it and you think about the character and the idea of this guy who never really grew up and who had this really weird childhood and all this stuff like you're like yeah that i could see why michael jackson might be a uh, an inspiration so to speak for this character yeah it's it's interesting and i you know i we probably have no way of of confirming unless we at some point uh talk to the get the opportunity to talk to the great andrea romano perhaps to pick her brain but you know it seems like that 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 could have been a direction he was going in even at times visually i get a little bit of of michael jackson the the upturned nose the sort of big giant eyes and goofy smile and the Mm -hmm. the red lips uh you know definitely some michael jackson creepy vibes happening uh with with that but he's great in this episode i think you know we can't we've loved his performance if you go back in the archives at dcaureview.com and check out our other toy man uh reviews both uh both uh obsession and fun and games uh both of those episodes we loved those episodes they were fun uh, enjoyable i think going into them we were surprised uh, at how much we we really enjoyed them at least one if not both are in our top picks section uh that you can check out at the archives at dcaureview.com but regardless uh part of that is this performance this creepy and and sort of you know, weird and goofy performance. And he gets, he's a little bit not, he's a little bit less creepy, I think, in this because he doesn't have as much, much screen time. And it's not as much, especially in the obsession episode where he has this weird obsession with Darcy. It's a little bit less than that, but it certainly comes out in that last little bit where he decides that he's not going to give Darcy the antidote and just let her die. Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely some uh, some pretty authentic uh, toy man moments uh, on display. No, no doubt about that with uh, with his performance here. But uh, yeah, other than our, our two main heroes, which we'll get to in a moment, we have, uh, interestingly enough, we have a, just like probably a year prior to her starting on, uh, on Desperate Housewives, we have Nicolette Sheridan uh, voicing uh, Darcy slash Miss Moore, uh, the uh, the teacher, and uh, and also of course the uh, the not quite real girl that uh, that Toy Man created. Thought I saw you ducking in here, Darcy. Do you mind, Kent? I could use a little privacy while I fix my face. I've been having trouble with my left eye. The things a girl does to keep up her looks. Cute. What are you doing in Dakota? A tip from Superman. He told me Toy Man was here. I couldn't figure out why until now. I thought changing my identity and moving to a new city would throw him off my trail. But Toy Man's obsessed. I guess I knew sooner or later he'd find me. Um, and yeah, that's. Uh, I think she does a, a solid job. But the, the real lion's share of the work, I think, in her performance, uh, or, or this character's performance, is, uh, is by Krista Scales, who, of course, voices Daisy. But once uh, Darcy is sort of turned into... Uh, Daisy Crystal Scales is also voicing Darcy, so she's voicing uh, the her own evil twin here, and she she's got a lot to do, and I think she does a really good job. It's useless fighting me. You won't feel a thing. No! Stop! Static, save me! Huh? And you're coming with me too, Darcy. Problem static? Yeah, I, I kudos to both actresses. Uh, Miss Sheridan, as you said, you know, would go on to become such a huge, like, Desperate Housewives ended up being, that was like the red hot show for so, like for that weird period of time, like 04 to 06 or whatever it was. It was like the most talked about controversial hot show on television. 
And, uh, the, you know, this is right sort of before she, she, that wasn't her break. She was obviously an actress for a very, very long time, but she would soon sort of become, uh, a part of an ensemble cast that was, that was, uh, hugely popular. So her performance really great, you know, and, and I think for, uh, you know, another great pull for, for Andrea Romano to, ha- to get, uh, to get a, a fairly well-known established actress to come in and, and voice this character. And, uh, you know, she did, she did great, but as you said, uh, Crystal Scales ends up doing such a, such a lion's share heavy lifting uh, once the transformation occurs because she's playing two different versions of the same character. And we've seen that happen before uh, in the DCAU. And, you know, we'll see it again in the future when Kevin Conroy has to play two Batmans and uh, in multiple episodes, he has to play two Batmans. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we've seen Superman, we've seen uh, Tim Daly do it in playing himself in Bizarro. And there's, there's something to that. You have to almost have uh, a very, it, it's, it's not, I can't imagine this very easy because you have to differentiate between the two characters, but you also are playing the same character almost. So it's, uh, it's cannot be an easy task for sure. And I think Miss Scales does such a great job, uh, especially with kind of creating a little bit of seediness uh, to the, to Darcy's version of Daisy, um, especially after she sort of revealed as, as being uh, which one is the real Darcy and which one is the real Daisy. Um, but she does, she does a great job. I can't imagine it's easy to have to interact with yourself and deliver lines to yourself. Uh, so I, I think that she deserves lots of praise and uh, you know, this is an outstanding showcase for her, I think in this episode. Yeah, totally agree. There's there's definitely a lot to do, especially there at the end when when they're sort of trying to figure out which one is the real one, and and she's both are sort of pleading, and and uh, yeah, and when she uh, when Darcy dangles Daisy over a vat of acid, uh, as as we mentioned, and then right down to that that end there is as Toy Man lets her die. Um, it should be noted, Superman and Static don't really try very hard. <laughs> they're just like all right well she's dying okay no worries see you later all right all right problem solved uh but yeah that's uh i think that's uh that's definitely the strength of the episode uh from a voice acting perspective uh along with our our two superheroic leads of course phil lamar once again as static shock slash virgil and of course we have george newburn playing superman uh and I will say, and this sort of gets into plot a little bit too, but he doesn't have a ton to say. Like, other than that, he's Superman. Like, all of his lines are pretty generic. Like, there isn't a lot of character for Superman in this episode. He's kind of just there. And, like, he does a fine job with it, but it's definitely, I think, Phil Lamar uh, uh, and reacting to Superman, as well as a little bit of uh, Jason Marston's gear, sort of just being so in awe of Superman. I, I think that's as uh, that's really where the fun comes in. Not that George Newbern does a bad job, but he's kind of just there to, uh, to kind of bounce dialogue uh, uh, off of, uh, off of static and vice versa. Uh, he doesn't get to do as much uh, character work, certainly as, as we're seeing uh, used to uh, seeing and hearing in justice league. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's not very deep. It's kind of shallow, I think. Um, I will say that it felt like the direction for his version of this Superman is a, is a little bit different than what we were used to in Justice League Unlimited. Um, he, there's almost a, a little bit more lightheartedness to this version of the character. And I would say that, you know, something that sort of carried over from Superman, the animated series and to Justice League uh, and Justice League Unlimited for the direction of the voice acting for Superman, both from Tim Daly to George Newbern, is this that it's it's more of, yes, there are some times where he may quip or, or give you a, a little bit lighthearted take, but he's he's kind of a serious Superman. He's not very... He's not very 1950s, you know, laugh when a lightning bolt strikes your chest, Superman, you know, he sort of, he sort of takes things very seriously. He's serious in what he does. He's serious about his job. You know, he's serious about his relationship. He'll, he'll, you know, have some sarcastic back and forth repartee with Lois or Jimmy, but he's not, he's not really a, a, he's not really a jovial 
you know, goofy Superman. And I feel like maybe the direction for this episode was a little bit different. So because of that, George Newbern's performance seems a little bit lighter, I would say, than than his what we typically heard from him, I feel like, in Justice mm-hmm. League or certainly Justice League Unlimited. Um, maybe Justice League Unlimited season three, uh, you know, a, a little bit, you know, when they sort started having some more fun with with the show itself maybe but it's it feels so that coupled with the visuals being sort of not what we're used to with superman leads this to be again it sort of feels a little bit like superman shifted you know 90 feet to the right thanks again superman no problem i'm glad i got here in time hey you two go ahead and chat i'll be just fine gear you okay bro no my one chance to tag team with Superman, and I miss it because I bust my ankle. Nothing's broken. Just looks like a bad sprain. You'll probably have to keep off it for a few days. Whoa. I just had my ankle x-rayed by Superman. I'm never going to wash it again. I have to go, but you two keep up the good work. Hmm. Wonder where he's off to. Hope he didn't leave the heater on at the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. He'd have to start calling it the giant puddle of solitude. <laughs> like it just doesn't doesn't quite feel on spot for Superman. And you're right. He's not given a lot of dialogue or and he's not doing a lot in this episode. He's sort of there to play off of static. And Phil Lamar, I think, does a great job. I think he does a great job of balancing that idea that uh, he's here. He's in awe of of his hero. But he's also super pumped to be able to be working with you know, with somebody that he's looked up to his entire life. So uh, I love that. I love that his performance also really does a great job of, of coming through with that. Like if, if this was a kid and he got to work with his, his idol Superman, what, you know, like how happy, how pumped would he be? How like fanboyish would he be? And I think uh, between him and, and even Jason Marsden at the beginning, you know, their, their, their conversation and dialogue and coming through, you could tell they're just super excited to work with Superman. So uh, I think they are the standouts Superman, maybe George Newbern, maybe not his best performance, but also a little bit out of character for him. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, like I said, there's the, and the tone of everything, like you said, it's, it's definitely a a more relaxed kind of jovial Superman than, than a lot of, uh, you know, you, you think of the, the dark side episodes or some of the stuff that he gets to do, uh, the Cadmus arc where he really takes Superman down some, some uh, darker paths. And this was definitely, it's, it's kind of cool to see George Newbern Superman and sort of a, or here, I guess, in this case, uh, in, in a more sort of traditional Superman light, a little more lighthearted adventure, but yeah, as far as the dialogue itself, and again, you can put that on the scripting as much as, uh, you know, I think as much, not more than on, on, on the performance or the, or the voice direction, but, uh, but yeah, I definitely agree that uh, that that Phil Mar does a great job, and as we already talked about, uh, Crystal Scales and Bud Court. So for all those reasons, I gave uh, voice acting a pretty strong eight out of ten. I ended up giving voice acting actually a very strong nine out of ten. So. Uh, despite this maybe not being George Newbern's best performance, I think I cut him some slack and, uh, I think Bud Court <laughs> really Bud Court, uh, and, and Phil Lamar, uh, I think, and, uh, Nick Sheridan, um, uh, does, but all the three of them do a, a great job, I think, and really carry the, really carry the lion's share here and do a great job. Agreed. All right. Well, that will begin to wrap us up here cal and that will bring us to our final scores tallying everything up it looks like i have a final score of 29 out of 40 nice and uh i tallying things up despite the fact that we had some some major differences on some of these scores uh they weren't that different i guess uh in the grand scheme of things uh because tallying things up here i end up with a exact same score of 29 How about that? 40 uh i think that's back-to-back weeks we've had exact scores so uh, don't call it a streak but uh maybe maybe that's maybe we're on it here so i guess uh i guess we can talk about rewatchability huh that's right uh yeah i would say this is definitely one that uh, that fits into that category both because not only is it the you know uh, an adventure of static and superman teaming up the one and only time you see that so i think almost for the uniqueness of that alone, it's worth, it would be worth uh, watching or rewatching. 
Yeah, it. I mean, it's a direct sequel to, even though it, you know, doesn't necessarily tie up all the loose ends, you do get a resolution to a character that was sort of left hanging and you're sort of wondering what's happening to her. How many times did that happen where you had a character who, you know, will they return? And then it was never, they weren't given any more screen time or, you know, it was maybe explained away in a potential tie-in comic or something. So uh, for this on screen to have a resolution, you get to hear Bud Court back as Toy Man, you get Superman and Static on the same screen uh you get you know you get uh, this darcy character returning you get uh, to learn about this newfangled power that is never seen or heard from before or after this episode where static gets to see people's auras uh sure awesome great uh no tongue-in-cheek but yeah I, i'd say that this is plus a lot of people i think maybe not having the nostalgic feelings that uh, that you do with the Batman, Batman the animated series, or Superman, or even the Justice League, uh, or Justice League Unlimited. Uh, you know, it, you're going to be drawn to these episodes because maybe these are some good introductions to. All right, you know, let me get into this by being there with a character that I'm familiar with. So I think based solely on that, like give this a shot and then check out some more static because static's criminally underrated. It's great. He's come, you know, he's, he's back in main DC continuity, a great new comic that's, that's, you know, being published by DC. So he's gaining some traction. So it'd be great. You know, who knows there's a live action static movie. We know that's in production. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is in charge of, of getting that underway. So uh, static, you know, could be a, a huge superhero presence here in, in the not too distant future. So, uh, get ahead of the curve here and, and, and jump into some, some static and kind of see where it all began, where, you know, a lot of, a, a certain generation has, has some, has some deep seated love for, for static because of this series. So this is a good introduction, I think, or a way to, to sort of introduce yourself. If you, if you haven't watched a lot of static before, but you'll kind of have to do some searching to find, find this episode, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, you know, fingers crossed there will be Blu-ray releases in our future for both Superman and Static and and uh, all episodes will be uh, present and accounted for when when we get there. But there we go. But yes, uh, totally agree with you on uh, on all points on uh, on on the rewatchability fronts and uh, that will begin to wrap us up here Cal and uh, as a uh, feature Superman in our final Static review for the time being. Uh, I think it's about time that we take another trip to the sunny skies of Metropolis. Hey, speaking of planning things, you would think that uh, you would think that we planned it this way to end the month on Superman and uh, and then start next month off with uh, with covering Superman. It has been a little bit since we've done a month of Superman episodes. So it's uh, yeah, it's about that time again. And uh, we are excited uh, to return back. And Liam, we will be covering picking things up next week with uh the episode two's a crowd which is uh the the second episode featuring rudy jones aka the parasite so uh we'll be picking up uh we i think we probably covered his uh his origins uh, almost a year ago also so mm -hmm. uh we're just kind of following in suit here we'll have to see if there's other other episodes we can follow up on here maybe maybe a live wire no that live wire is definitely later on in the year but that's okay we'll we'll figure it <laughs> out we'll figure out what we have to catch up on but uh excited to do some uh man of steel coverage uh, for the month of july already absolutely cannot wait and we will be back with you next week with that uh but thank you everyone for listening uh, whether you do it on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or uh, if you do it on the pod tower youtube channel where you can check us out as long with uh, our friends over at tim talk with all their reviews as well as the archived uh, live streams of the watchtower database boys uh, lots of fun stuff over at the Pod Tower YouTube channel. Go ahead and give us a subscribe. Even if maybe you don't listen to a lot of podcasts on YouTube, we would still appreciate it. It helps us out. So if, uh, if you could do that, we'd appreciate it. But however you listen, we thank you for doing so. And until next week, I'm Liam. And I'm Cal. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.